Hi, I'm Gary. And I'm Owen. And this is Left Out. Left Out is an LGBTQIA history podcast. Join us as we learn about incredible events and people that have shaped the history you weren't taught in school. Hello. Hi, everyone. Welcome back. We're back. Season season two. Season two. I'm excited to be back. Yeah, it's um, it's been a long time. It's been a long time. We... To, like we we didn't really know when to start recording season two, did we? No, but we knew we wanted a break. We knew we wanted to do a season two. And also, like the back end of last year was crazy. Yeah. It's still. Well, pandemic pandemic carried on and, still and lockdown with, came back. Still <laughs> dealing with pandemic. Still dealing with lockdowns. Um, but this felt like the right time, didn't it? Yeah, definitely. And I think you know, in in the UK here, this month is um, LGBT History Month. Yeah. So it kind of felt like the right time. Felt like the right time to come back. Yeah. Um, so in this episode, since we've been gone, in the words of Kelly Clarkson, <laughs> <laughs> since we've been gone, a lot has happened um, in the USA uh, politically. So we no longer uh, have... Have to listen to... Trump. That guy. That guy. I don't <laughs> want to say his name. And we now have a new American president, Joe Biden. Um, so we thought it was right, actually, to start this season with America's probably biggest political gay hero and icon. Oh, yeah, I would definitely. Say. Yeah. Um, it just felt like it was right yeah. to do that. And we have mentioned this person before, like in the odd. Yeah, because they've, they're woven through so much of yeah, um, LGBT focused. history. So this podcast is going to be about Harvey Milk. Harvey Milk. Yeah. Um, so we are going to quickly run you through, as we usually do, you know, a bit of a history. Yeah. Um, we'll have a bit of a discussion part as well. Yeah. We'll generally just inform you guys um, of the stuff that you, you may not know. Who Harvey Milk? Harvey Milk. So Harvey Milk, um, he was a native of Long Island in New York and he served in the US Navy uh, before working at uh, a Wall Street investment firm. So he was keeping his homosexuality Uh, a secret at first as you know a lot of people did back then Uh, but milk became more openly gay throughout his exposure to new york city's bohemian theater scene so he's going out and about and he was coming a little bit more open and then he moved to san francisco in the early 1970s so harvey bernard milk was born on may the 22nd in 1930 in woodmere new york and he was the second son of william and minerva milk and Milk realised he was gay at a very young age, but he always knew sort of that he needed to conceal it. Yeah. Um, and any signs would sort of obviously raise suspicion. Yeah. So oh, well, something he, we could He was all... aware of his sexuality. Yes. Yeah, yeah definitely. definitely. So as we said before, 1951, he enlisted in the Navy um, until his honourable discharge in 1951. So obviously with a military background, he was quite politically conservative. Um, He even campaigned for Republican president hopeful Barry Goldwater in 64. Um, And Milk at the time and sort of the mid 60s post his military career was quite a straight laced guy. Um, and like a lot of homosexuals at the time, he was really content with living like quite a closeted life. Well, it was safe, wasn't it? It was safe. Um, A lot of homosexuals in the 60s and obviously pre sort of the awakening of the world i would yeah. say we're living in quite a closeted and celibate life as well and it was also the life that he had known growing up so yeah. you you keep in the closet you know um you still have those people around you those childhood friends yeah. so you live that normal life um something that i found really interesting actually when i was researching um harvey was even at this time though um he was still quite sexually 
uh, explorer, explorer, explorative. I can't <laughs> yeah. say the word. You know yeah. what I mean. Um, so even though he was closeted, he was it's quite um, open about that from quite a young age. Okay. So it's so not he, like... Yeah, he knew he wasn't... He wasn't, like he was deny, he wasn't denying yeah. his sexuality. Yeah, okay. Um, he then went on to befriend uh, the theatre director, Tom O'Horgan, um, and he became... Milk became eventually involved with a much more progressive, avant-garde, bohemian scene because of this, you know, theatre director being involved with the arts. Definitely. And his partner and lover at the time then joined um, one of O'Horgan's productions of Hair, the musical. Um, and this was in San Francisco. Uh, so Milk moved to the Bay Area in 1969. Um, so we're right in the heart of, like hippie culture yeah. uh, in the US and even the world San yeah. Francisco and is also the capital that, of hippie culture in the yeah, world yeah and that also you know so many gay and queer people heading to San yeah, Francisco at this time it was a magnet for it you've got to think the summer of love freedom um, and at the time when he moved to um, San Fran he was working as a financial analyst um, and he joined friends though outside of work on protests against things like the Vietnam War um, and while enjoying the city's thriving gay community um, he was actually fired from his job for partaking in anti-war rallies in the spring of 1970, which I think is crazy. Crazy, like yeah. for a, for a country that's meant to stand for like freedom and equality, justice equality for, for all, all. Yeah. and he was fired from his job for fighting for that. Yeah, it's crazy. Um, <laughs> and then in 1972, he opened a camera shop on the Castro Street. So the Castro Street was um, the heart of yeah. the gay community in San Francisco. Um, and it was partly inspired by what he saw as an unfair tax on small businesses. And um, he decided to run for this for a seat on the San Francisco Board of Supervisors in 1973. So he was getting really political here and he wanted to take his opportunity to well, make a I difference. Think, I think his political awakening happened a lot like uh, a lot like most most people where once it sounds horrible once it directly affects you you feel like yeah. you need to do something yeah. about it. I agree. Um, so Milk was actually shunned by much of the city's more influential gay electorate at the time. You've got to think he was a new kid from New York. Do you know what I mean? He He's not like he's from San Francisco. Um, and they felt like his outspoken New Yorker, like this guy should really just tone down his act and wait his turn to sort of even move into anything political, especially... Um, as a gay activist as well. Um, despite this, though, he actually managed to gain 70,000 votes. Uh, he didn't win. He finished 10th out of 32 candidates. Um, but to be fair, that's actually a really... For someone who is their first step into sort of political life, that's an incredible result. Yeah, definitely. And I think it shows um, the sort of guy that he was in terms of being able to really um, connect with people. Um this really was then the motivation and his reason to continue his political efforts. Um, Milk then went on to co-found the Castro Village Association to unite gay business owners, which is amazing. And then he launched the Castro Street Fair in 1974. So really becoming like a big figure in gay community. And, and a leader in and leader, yeah, yeah. creating new things. Um, yeah. He then went on to do something really interesting. So he made a sort of deal, a pact, an alliance um, with the unions um, in San Francisco and he made an alliance with them by supporting a boycott of Coors Beers. And in return, um, the unions returned the favour by promising to hire more gay drivers. So he made a sort of, you know, he was getting something for him and he was supporting them in, in a way yeah. that, you know, fit with the, his political standpoint yeah. anyway. Um, and with his amazing charisma, energy 
and his clearly natural political skills, he soon became known as the mayor of Castro Street. Um, I think as well, that speaks a lot about um, who he was as well, in that he was quite clever at using the system. It's tactical. Yeah, mm. and playing the game to then gain results for the gay community. And at the same time, helping support other people other, that aren't in other, the community. Yeah, exactly. Um, so he actually lost his next bid for the Board of Supervisors in 75, uh, but this meant that Milk landed a post in the new mayor's, uh, George Moscone's administration on the Board of Permit Appeals. Um, however, he was forced to quit this role after announcing his candidacy for the California State Assembly, um, uh, which led to another campaign defeat. So he was trying and trying to sort of better his political career, um, but it was sort of defeat after defeat after defeat. Yeah, yeah. However, you could look at that as a failure or you could look at that as growth yeah. and a journey. Yeah, and he used those failures instead of, you know, giving up. Mm. He didn't care. He carried on and he actually founded the San Francisco Gay Democratic Club um, to garner more political support. And in 1977, he sought to broaden his appeal beyond the gay community. So he went out and he started promising for reform of the tax code to yeah. boost industry, to create low-income housing, um, establish daycare centres for working mothers. So he decided that actually this wasn't good enough. It wasn't just for the gay people. It wasn't just for the queer people. No, there's other things that we can be doing and we can be grouping yeah, together. Exactly. Um, and I think it comes from that thing, isn't it, is that if we can support all kinds of minor minorities and community, we're stronger together than yeah. just focusing well, on our own well, agenda. You know, once one minority gains something in equality, everyone gains something yes. in equality. Yeah. Um, so actually, it was a really historic election um, that saw the first Chinese American, the first African American woman um, elected to the city board of supervisors, and Milk became one of the first, uh, one of the country's first openly gay elected officials, which Woo! is huge at yeah. the time and huge considering now. from where he's come from as well it's like it's amazing yeah he started yeah doing like, definitely you know, a financial analyst and now he's doing this yeah it's, it's exactly brilliant. um so as supervisor he took on actual more personal matters by leading for example a bill to ban discrimination in employment housing and public accommodations based on your sexual orientation and it was one of the nation's strongest gay rights measures to date. He made such a big it still difference. Is. Yeah. yeah, obviously we've but there's more that's gone through at the time and more that's gone backwards after the last four years. But yeah, it's crazy how much of an impact he had straight away. Yeah. Um it was passed with only one dissenting vote, and that was of the supervisor Dan White. Remember that name, so we'll come back to it in a minute. And Mayor Moscone signed the measure into law on March the twenty first, nineteen seventy eight. Yeah. So following on from the California State Senator uh, John Briggs's introduction of the Proposition 6 ballot initiative. Now, this initiative, um, it sought to ban gay teachers and anyone supporting gay rights from working in California schools. Wild. Um, so Milk spent much of the summer and the autumn of 1978 campaigning against this. Clearly, you know, trying to stop it because it's not wasn't good and i think again this goes to just show how incredible of a politician he was and a gay activist because he gained the support of several huge political forces at the time including the president jimmy carter which doesn't really get much higher than that and also the former california governor ronald reagan um and proposition six was defeated by more than one million votes in november Woo. um which is 
incredible. Yeah, like, it's it brilliant. Really the fact incredible. that he led that as well is just so yeah, exciting. Yeah, it's amazing. So unfortunately, things start to take a turn for a dark Harvey turn. Milk, a very dark turn. So in no, uh, November 27th, 1978, the former supervisor, Dan White, remember we make, mentioned him earlier, he broke into City Hall through a basement window armed with a thirty-eight revolver and White had resigned his post just months before um, and, and had unsuccessfully asked that he be reinstated. So angered by this, he broke in, as we said. Um, he confronted and killed Mayor Moscone, then went across the building to Milk's office where he murdered his former colleague with five shots. Milk supporters then marched to City Hall for a peaceful candlelit vigil. So yeah, very sadly, uh, Harvey Milk was murdered by his former colleague. Um, which is very just tragic for someone who had such a bright career ahead of them. At the trial of Dan White, the defence argued that White was under the influence, and this just blows my mind, under the influence of severe mental distress due to the loss of his job, okay, um, but also his junk food diet as evidence of a diminished morale. Um, the strategy was coined as the Twinkie defence. But somehow, somehow this seemed to strike a chord with the jury. And on May the 21st, 1979, White was sentenced to less than eight years in prison for voluntary manslaughter. Which, uh, yeah. I mean, you would hope that today that would never pass. Mm, But I mean. (laughs) I think um, there's a lot more that you can do in terms of research on the trial for for obviously justice. It went on and on, didn't it? But um, I think. It, it goes. It just goes to show that I think because he was a gay, openly gay man, it was yeah. That's this why. Was the yeah, yeah, that's why that result was yeah. how it was. Um, so obviously this time, um, the reaction was far less peaceful. Um, they, the people of um, San Francisco, were outraged. Um, the, the protesters stormed City Hall and select, uh, set police cars on fire, um, and the police responded by trashing gay bars and beating the people inside them. At least 120 people, including 60 policemen, were injured in what is now called the White Knight Riots. Yes, and rightly so. Um, Although he spent less than a year in office, Milk's brief time in the public eye really marked an important stepping stone in the battle for gay rights. And if anything, you could argue that he was one of the political forces for change. Yeah. changing legislation, changing bills, changing laws yeah. for gay and, rights in America. And I think because he understood that if you want to change to happen, yes, talking about it is great. But, you know, in whatever country you're in, and activism is great, but whatever country you're in, you know, going and changing the law and putting something in place that keeps people safe is really, really important. You, um, you need to change the system that's oppressing people. If you can 100%. change the system then you're on the right path for a better life. And during his time, um, actually, he inspired um, other elected officials um, to come out as gay, including Massachusetts uh, Congressman Jerry Studs and Barney Frank. Uh, So they came forth and they acknowledged their homosexuality during this whole period. So obviously Harvey Milk's legacy lives on and we should never forget the work that he's done, not only obviously in the US, but also what he did globally um, did spark change politically. In 2009, um, it was uh, in the May the 22nd, 2009, um, his birthday was formally recognised in California as Harvey Milk Day, and still is. Um, and he was honoured by uh, former President Barack Obama for the Presidential Medal of Freedom, which I think isn't that the highest 
one of see. the highest honours you can yeah. get. Yeah. Um, which obviously 2009 is very late coming after his death, but um, it just shows that his long lasting legacy. You can find out a lot more about Harvey Milk. He's not hard to research because of obviously how much of a hero and icon he is and what he did politically. Um, there's a 1982 document um, biography called The Mayor of Castro Street and uh, Rob Epstein's 1984 Oscar winning documentary The Times of Harvey Milk as well. They're bef- definitely something you should check out the if brilliant, you want to find the out. The film in particular is just yeah. so well done. Um, yeah, so there was also uh, another acclaimed film in 2008 with, Sean, uh, with the actor Sean Penn and screenwriter Dustin Lance Black and in the Academy Awards for their contribution uh, to director Gus Van Sant's biography Milk. Um, so it just shows that there's a long legacy that Harvey Milk has left and we should never forget what he's done for gay rights in America and the rest of the world. And actually, I find him quite inspiring that like you said, sort of, he didn't come from a political upbringing, a political background, but no. it just shows that if you sort of really want to fight for something, any in in any sort of free country in the world, yeah, you can be politically galvanized. And he also worked out, as I said before, that you know he worked out tactically. Well, if I want to help my community or these people, I can also help other people, and we yeah. can help each other. And yeah. We can do it by changing law and yeah. bringing in thing, you know, uh, laws and whatever, you know, that protect people. Yeah. And I think that that moment of understanding that he was like a, you know, a leading force in the gay and queer community of understanding. That's how we get progress made. And I think um, one of the strongest ways and easiest ways that you can support our community is when you are at the legal age to is to vote always vote yeah and also vote and we've said this before haven't we is that you know look at your constituent for example in the uk here or you know any any other i'm sure you can do this in america as well but you can look at what your constituency the person representing you has Mm. voted for in the past are they someone that is voting for what you believe in your rights and your rights if they're not not voting for your rights then don't vote for that party don't vote for that person because they're then if they're not protecting you then they are also, you know, not going to protect someone else. Yeah. And you need to, you know, really think about that. And I think, which can seem quite daunting, but if you're looking at the voter ballot and there's not anyone on that ballot that you feel represents you, then maybe it's you that needs to... 100%. ...stand up and be that voice for maybe others as well. Yeah, yeah. Um, I agree. So obviously it's a new dawn and a new day for the and US... And a new year. <laughs> and for the US of A. And the new Biden-Harris administration has... Woo! now come into effect um and so to link with obviously the wondrous job that harvey milk did we want to talk about um biden and harris's administration and the people they have working around them because it's probably is the queerest administration that there's ever been in america so we're going to go through some of the amazing people that have been sworn into office um over the last few months since we've been gone um, because it is just amazing we should be talking about these people the first person is um pete but a judge, uh, he is transport secretary. He actually ran for um, president. Yeah, um, and he, I think you know he was w- one of the first people to do that. He's ma- he's married and has a husband. So if yeah. he'd have won, he would have he would have had you know the first 
hus- the first husband of the United States. Well, he and... was the first out LGBT plus person in US history to hold a full time cabinet post. Which yeah, is... yeah, and he's very young as well. Yeah, 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 which is exciting to um, think. He's also together. a veteran as well. Yeah. Um, and the role puts Buttigieg in charge of the department's $72 billion budget and 58,000 strong workforce overseeing the country's transport infrastructure. So I think big job. He's definitely one to keep keep an eye on his political career. I think he's got some amazing oh, things yeah. he can do yeah, and yeah. go and it's amazing to have someone an out gay person with holding obviously like such big responsibility. Yes. Um so next person I want to speak about is uh Rachel Levine and she's the assistant secretary of health. So she is a trailblazing trans doctor. So she, um she's out as trans and she's leading at the moment Pennsylvania's like she is one of the leading people helping them through the current coronavirus pandemic. Um her nomination represents a long sought after leap in political representation for the trans community. Very long, uh, big leap. Yep. Um, and it's a huge turning point, um, especially after, obviously, former President Trump's constant attacks on trans rights. Yep. This is huge that we've got someone who they're not the Secretary of Health, but they're assisting, which means well, that they're a part of the conversation. The trans community, they have. They're at the table. They're at the table. That's yep. what, yeah, exactly, which is huge. And. Um, hopefully just a step in the complete right direction definitely there's also carlos elizondo uh which he's social secretary so the the openly gay veteran aide um became the first lgbt plus appointee to the biden harris team in november Mm -hmm. in this role um he will be in charge of the white house social office overseeing all official social events um, and he should be able to hit the ground running as he was also social secretary when biden was vice president um, he is the first Hispanic person to hold the role as well. Amazing. Um, so the next person is Corinne Jean-Pierre, and it's Deputy White House Press Secretary. So Jean-Pierre is a Haitian immigrant who served as Kamala Harris's chief of staff during, during the Biden campaign. Um, he's a seasoned campaigner, activist, um, sorry, she, a seasoned campaign activist. Uh, she is now the first out lesbian and first black woman to hold the key media-facing role, Woo! which is Im- amazing. It's incredible. Amazing. There's also uh, Phil... No, I want to say Pilai. No, P- sorry, Pilai Tobar, Deputy White House Communications Director, um, working alongside Jean-Pierre, um, an out lesbian who served as Communications Director for the Biden campaign before joining his administration full-time. Again, amazing. This is incredible. Um, Stuart Delery is the White House Deputy Counsel. Uh, Delery is a gay man who served during the Obama years and is acting as US Associate Attorney General. Um, at the time, he was the most senior openly LGBT plus official in the US Justice Department's history. And in 2012, he represented the Obama administration in challenging the anti-gay defense of Marriage Act, which is, um, again, huge. Yep. And then last up is Gautam Raghavan, Deputy Director of the Presidential Personnel Office. So another familiar face from the Obaden, Obama, Biden, <laughs> Obaden, Obama, <laughs> Biden administration. Um, Raghavan is a gay man who previously served as White House LGBTQ liaison. Uh, the seasoned political advisor worked with the LGBT plus Asian American and Pacific Islander communities between 2011 and 2014 bridging a discourse on marriage equality, trans right, and overall discrimination. Amazing. So it's just incredible to see uh, the stark change from obviously the last four years that the US has had. Well, they politically. had no, no one like that. Just no one they at had all. Had, yeah. And in fact, huge steps backwards in terms of uh, LGBTQ plus rights. And it's amazing to see that there's those people there 
able to make a difference. Definitely. Um, I think I think for me, the, the biggest legacy that Harvey Milk will leave is that um, activism works, protest works, but also make sure you are politically knowledgeable about mm-hmm. what's going on in your country and how you can vote to change the system or how you can contact your local politician or your nationwide politician yeah. to to fight for your rights because if we don't fight for our rights no one else is going to fight for them so yeah. um it's down to us and i think if um like i said if there's no one on that ballot that's representing you then it might be that you have to step up and be that person Definitely. and we need we need people like harvey milk still today yeah and I think also the idea of not just voting or doing something for yourself, you know, when you vote, when you do something, mm. don't just vote for you, vote for your sister, vote for your gay friend, yeah. vote for your brother, vote for your mum, yes. vote for your, you know, um, vote for those people that you would want them to vote for you. Yeah, exactly. Um, and I think he really understood that and understood how to use that to galvanise. Yeah. Um, political change yeah definitely yeah. like i said there's so much out there about harvey milk so the um, film is a good starting yeah point. it's a good starting point hopefully this is a starting point for you if you've never heard of him to go out there and learn a lot more about him because he's an incredible guy and he deserves our time our respect and definitely. should never be forgotten um but that's it for the yeah. first episode of season Woo! two welcome back welcome back um it so good to be back. yeah so we'll be recording a lot more episodes so um continue to follow us on instagram on facebook on all social media platforms and obviously wherever you get your podcasts yeah. and please make sure you share this with everyone that yeah. you know um give us a really good review <laughs> if you can that, <laughs> that would be, would be nice um, yeah and uh and yeah just continue to um feedback to us if there's anything yeah. that you would like to hear more about or that we wouldn't know and you, you know you think yeah. you'd love for us to speak about them please do let us know on our instagram oh, of course definitely and obviously anyone that's returning from listening to season one thank you as well for your like we've had so much support it's been insane yes we started this thinking it would just be something nice to do and it's actually really taken off which is amazing so yes. we're excited to carry on with season two Woo. thanks guys thank you bye bye You've been listening to Left Out with Gary and Owen. Subscribe to Left Out at Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. Follow us on Instagram at Gary and Owen.